On today's Locked on Bama, we're going to talk about why you should doubt Bryce Young at your own peril. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, it was decided that uh, Bryce Young will not be throwing for the NFL Combine. Of course, that ballyhooed Alabama quarterback, the Heisman winner, in my opinion, the greatest player in Alabama history. Um, Maybe I've got recency bias, but I don't care. That's I'm rolling with that. Um, His height was listed right at 5'10", which has some people up in arms, I think, one of the ESPN, maybe talk, Todd McShay said, I'd be scared to death to draft him. You know, I, I, I guess, go ahead, be scared to death. I'd be scared to death somebody else is going to draft him. Your thought? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bryce is a killer, I mean, for GMs. I mean, in the sense that it, this is the way they're going to think of it. I mean, they're like, okay, if I draft the five, ten and a half guy at number one, and it, he gets hurt and we wasted the pick because he's too small, they're going to fire me. Uh, if I don't draft the obviously best guy because he's too small and he goes somewhere else and is one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, they're going to fire me. I mean, it's kind of – I think a lot of GMs would look at it as lose-lose. So uh, that's the position that some of them are in. Look, it's going to be interesting, I think – Several teams will have different opinions on, on on whether to make such a small guy the number one pick. You know, at quarterback, I mean, you have to be honest. You're an Alabama fan. It's not – I mean, you know, if, if, if I just said, okay uh, – and they're going to measure uh, Bryce officially today. There's a lot of talk he's going to measure in at 5'10 or 5'10 and a half and not the six-foot tall that Alabama has listed him. Alabama's listed him at six-foot 194 in the, in the media guide. Uh, but but it, it's said that he's likely to measure in at 5'10", 5, 5'10", 5, and, and that'll come out today. I think there'll be a lot of different opinions. I mean, I'm just using this as hypothetical, but maybe the Texans look at that and go, he, he's just too small, we're not going to take him. And the Colts don't care. And the Colts are like, no, 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 we, we, we don't care what, what he measured in. This is our guy. Uh, and then the Panthers and the Falcons, you, you know, they're, they're top 10 teams that could – that could want a quarterback here in round one, they could have different opinions too. I mean, they might like, Hey, you know what? We like, we'll love us better than any of them. I mean, so every team is going to have a slightly different opinion. It won't just be one opinion, but for the Alabama fans that look at his size and just say, this is absolutely no big deal. I would say, okay, who's the other guy that's been drafted at number one and was worthy of that draft pick. That was Bryce's size. And you can't name one. You might be able to name a couple height-wise, but they're not built like Bryce. That might be, I mean, like Russell Wilson is significantly Bryce. Baker Mayfield significantly thicker than Bryce and probably overdrafted at the number one spot based on how his career has played out, though I don't know that it's necessarily his size. So it's super interesting. Uh, that's why I love this stuff. Uh, while we're sitting here recording this, I got NFL Network on my TV, and they just showed Bryce making a throw that every bit was worthy of the first pick in the draft. His skill set, as we know, is just absolutely unbelievable. I think he's the best quarterback ever played at Alabama. 
you know, I would draft him number one, but I'm the wrong person to ask because simply because Bryce, uh, you know, I'm so so obviously biased. So so you don't want to ask my opinion, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think Bryce is going to be great because of the undefinable it. He's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it, and he's got it in droves. He showed up to Alabama a star, and uh, that's never changed. I, I think Bryce is going to be a great NFL player, caveat, if he stays healthy, because I agree he doesn't look like an NFL quarterback that's going to stay healthy and, and injury-free. Again, that is all very true. I understand it. But as somebody on the Bama Online pointed out, hey, Ryan Leaf was an Adonis at about six foot five and a half, six six, and he couldn't have been any healthier and he was awful. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And I mean, I feel like these, these GMs sometimes have a battle with their eyes versus the analytics or the, the, what their mind tells them should be the perfect quarterback. Like, who are you going to believe? You know, your belief system about what a quarterback should look like or your lying eyes. You know, your, your eyes are telling you Bryce Young is number one pick in this draft. And I think what's even uh, getting to be pretty obvious is he's going to be the number one pick. I know CBS Sports had, had one of their uh, powers that be post a, a mock draft that had Anthony Richardson going number one. I can only assume that was for clickbait. I'm going to unbutton this button right here. I look a little too stodgy. Um, but, yeah, I I think that can only be for, hey, look, I want y'all to click on this and then call me stupid because I get a lot of money when y'all make a lot of clicks. So, really, who's stupid? I think that's the only way that that is makes any sense to me. Here's the other thing that I, I want people to remember because I just find this to be hilarious. Lovey Smith – won a football game at the end of the year for the Houston Texans just to PO the the powers that be with the Houston because they would have had the number one pick and it is everything settled. But as it stands, they got the number two pick. They're probably going to have to trade with Chicago if they want the quarterback they want because somebody else will probably want to trade up and get that pick too. So, Levy Smith cost them a ton of capital. Uh, I just find that to be kind of funny. That is downtown pettiness, which I appreciate. Yeah, uh, it is uh, funny that the Texans are in that position, uh, especially <laughs> now we're kind of as Alabama fans root for the Texans because of D'Amico Ryans yeah. uh, being the head coach there now. Uh, one thing that's interesting to me, and this is just the way I feel, and again, I'm the wrong person to ask, I think Bryce should be the number one pick and someone should trade up to get him. Let's say that it's not the Texans that that, that get that spot. I, I personally believe today it'll be the Colts that move from four to one and, and, and take Bryce at number one. So then what are the Texans at two? I think almost universally everyone listening to the show right now says, okay, they should just stick there at number two and take C.J. Stroud at two or maybe potentially Anthony Richardson and they take him. And I get that line of thinking, and that may very well be what happens. But I, I'm really into, you know, Kuyper and McShay and Daniel Jeremiah have convinced me of this over the years. I'm really into value. And by that, I mean, don't reach because you have a need, because you have a particular need. Don't reach and make someone the number two pick that's not worthy of being the number two pick in the draft. I know people are going to say, but what are they going to do at quarterback? I think if the Texans don't end up with Bryce Young at, at one or two, 
they should draft Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. And let me say this. They're not in a position to waste the number two pick, and those two are safe picks. They're going to be NFL stars. And before we go to break, I want to say this. You know, it is a little reminiscent of, look, Brad picked – Brad Pitt picked Angelina Jolie because everybody thought she was uh, the better of the two options at the time, when I think clearly his heart may have belonged to Jennifer Aniston. Noted Nazi, according to Jimmy Stein, Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alleged Nazi, according to Jimmy Stein. He was so convincing in a movie once. (laughs) Well, he was a Nazi killer, by the way. He was a Nazi killer. Oh, okay. Well, that, that is a... That's a little Not detail really you don't need to leave out. You don't need to leave that part out. Slight mistake. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I don't think Brad Pitt's a Nazi. Um, but, yeah, in the end, Probably he should have gone – he should have picked the girl. Quarterbacks are like this to me. You don't just say, oh, well, I mean, we need a quarterback, so if we can't get the one we want, let's get the second best one. I don't think it works that way. You no. fall in love with a quarterback, and if you can't get him, you go get something else you really need that's the best at that position. I I truly believe that. But, Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about FanDuel. FanDuel is absolutely awesome. You know it's awesome. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. It's here. It's now. And it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. You can then bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. You can combine all these things. You can number of rebounds, whatever you want. You can do it all at FanDuel. And you want to go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on for that first, that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, fanduel.com slash locked on, make every moment more with Fanduel, an official betting partner of the NBA. Jimmy, I also want to tell everybody to go check out Locked On College Basketball. Look, we're, what, a week and a half away from Selection Sunday. I'm trying my dangdest right now to make it where two of my kids from Ohio, one of my children from Arizona, can all meet me in Nashville somehow next weekend and go check out the Alabama Crimson Tide playing the SEC tournament. Uh, The only kickback may be that – or drawback. I don't know why I said kickback, like I'm getting something extra from it. No, I'm spending a boatload of money to do this. Um, (laughs) The only drawback would be that – uh, I might not be able to get there till late Friday night. And there is at least a chance, I would say, that Alabama could be knocked out of the tournament because their first-round game may be Mississippi State or maybe Arkansas, two teams that have given Alabama a lot of heck this year. So, I don't know. I'm still trying to make it happen. I hope that I can make it happen. Jimmy, I think we need to talk very quickly about something funny that happened yesterday. If you're an Alabama recruiting fan, then you know when a coach tweets out the elephant emoji, that means a commitment is forthcoming. That here we go. Oh, I, all my papers flew out. Here we go. A recruit is coming. You called me yesterday. We were going to do a, this podcast about eight o'clock in the morning. And you called me and said, oh, my God, for some reason, everybody thinks we're getting a commitment today. I've got to be on top of this. I, let's just wait until later and see what happens, because it sounds like it's going to happen about noonish. I said, OK, no problem. Who is it? You go, I don't know. Nobody knows. So we sat around for about four hours. Everybody did all this homework. And it turns out Alabama coach Jake Long had no idea that tweeting the elephant emoji meant a recruit is forthcoming, that it's the bat signal for a a recruit making his commitment to the University of Alabama. Therefore, I got to ask the question, what the heck did you tweet an elephant emoji for? Are you at the circus? 
<laughs> I think, and uh, you know, all, all I can say, the only addition Alabama made yesterday is Alabama hired a DB coach from IMG, <laughs> and he's going to be a defensive GA this season. <laughs> and I think, uh, I, I guess Coach Long was welcoming him to the program uh, <laughs> via elephant emoji. Uh, but but maybe he just woke up and wanted to say roll tide to Alabama fans. See, because here's the thing about the elephant emoji story is, you know, Jake Long just came from Oregon. Before that, he was at Alabama, you know, as we all know. But he's he's a on the field support staff guy. He he may he may have a position in the program where he, he doesn't really do recruiting at all because he's an off the field guy. And I, I don't know. I, I think we all assume he he should know. But it's not like when you're interviewed by Coach Saban and you're hired and Coach Saban's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to hire you. Welcome to the program. And he shakes your hand. He doesn't go, oh, by the way, whenever we land a recruit here, someone tweets out an elephant emoji. But that's only for when we land a recruit. It's not like you're told that at the, at the interview or, or, you know, when, uh, when they say, hey, go, go meet this administrative lady. She'll take care of all your paperwork. And when she's going, okay, I need an address. I need your social security number. I need you to fill out this tax form. And by the way, don't tweet out an elephant emoji. That, I mean, that, is, that only means that we've landed a commitment. It is so funny because it, it is reminiscent of, uh, I don't, every now and again on Twitter, like people post funny things, their parents have tweeted out or texted them. And I remember one time there was a, a girl that um, said, Hey, uh, I mean, a mom t texted a girl and said, Hey, what would you, um, what would you like for dinner where my dad's picking up stuff at the grocery store? She goes, I don't know. Just, just come up with something good. And like a five minutes later, she tweeted, okay, these are the things he picked out. And like, um, like apparently that dad was famous for eggplant Parmesan or something. And so he, she did like six eggplants <laughs> and she was like, mom, no, no mom, no. Uh, and anyway, um, I just thought that was really funny. And like, what a, what a way to like, you're just sitting in your office and like, Jake pro uh, Jake Long probably looked at his office and saw all these people running around going, I, you know, who's committing, you know, talking other coaches talking, <laughs> Andrew Bones in there, like got all these papers flying around. And finally yeah. somebody comes in Jake's office like, Jake, wh why on earth would you tweet that? I don't know. I just like elephants. I thought it was cool. <laughs> and and meanwhile, the whole internet world. He's going he tweets, yeah, he tweet by his tweet, he kickstarts the chaos. And then like 20 <laughs> minutes later, he hears, we're getting a commitment today we didn't know about. And he's all excited. He's probably he's probably uh, texting, you know, Bob Welton, director of recruiting. He's probably texting him. Hey, Bob, I hear we're getting someone today. Oh, man. Uh, we thought you knew. Uh, okay, <laughs> just to wrap up this uh, quick segment, uh, Deron Payne is the first player to be franchise tagged this year. He is going to be guaranteed right at $19 million. I mean, just below it. Um, Deron Payne, man, getting paid $19 million. Uh, that is fantastic. So happy for him. What, what a good dude. Uh, I'm here at the uh, BJCC right now, the Legacy Arena, uh, about to call some games today for – the finals of the AHSA, and I just love it when when kids from Alabama high schools uh, do well, especially kids from Alabama high schools that went to the University of Alabama. So kudos to Deron Payne for he's about to be make, making some serious bank. Shades Valley High School, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, 
man, what a what a player, what a what, you know the thing I remember Duran most for at Alabama, Luke in the 2017 season is how he played down the stretch. I mean, I mean, it, it, in terms of like when did Duran play at Alabama? You know, did we see this coming? Yes, for a couple things. Number one, he started game one, year one as a true freshman, which is so incredibly rare at Alabama, especially for that position. And number two, his play down the stretch, Alabama won a national championship because of the way Deron Payne was playing over the, the, the latter half of his last season at Alabama. Uh, and, and he's just carried it over to the NFL. And uh, what a hard worker and a good ambassador for Alabama uh, in that league. And one other thing that I can't, I never stopped thinking about this because I think about how frightened I would have been on either end of this. When Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne almost got into a fight on the Washington commander sideline at the time, it was Washington football team, I believe. And um, I, I like Deron Payne put his finger right in Jonathan Allen's face or on his forehead or something. And, and, or maybe it was vice versa. All I could think was if I was either one of those guys, I would be scared to death. I, I, I couldn't have picked one that I would have wanted to be because I don't think the earth's tectonic plates could have handled the battle that would have been sued between those two. And it shows how good of competitors they are. It also um, should be noted that I, apparently they've made up. I mean, they, you know, this is not something that's carried over. They've, I've seen them do interviews together since then, seen them do a lot of things. It was just a heat of the moment thing. But uh, I always remember that. Jimmy, let's take a break. Uh, when, we wanna, when we come back, we'll uh, start talking a little bit about Alabama-Auburn basketball. And we're back. So uh, Nate Oates had a quote that was very eerily reminiscent of when Krusty the Clown decided he was going to bet against the Harlem Globetrotters with all the money he made uh, franchising his name. He because he said the he thought the Washington Generals were due. Um, Nate Oates actually said, hey, Alabama's due for a good game. But Nate Oates is not wrong. Krusty the Clown was wrong. Nate Oates is not wrong. We are due for a good game. We have played. Uh, rather lackadaisically uh, these past two games. Brandon Miller has put us on his shoulders for the most part, his very broad shoulders, and we have come out victorious. But, look, this is – I hate to approach this game this way. I really do. But I think if Alabama beats Auburn – and I would like to beat them in impressive fashion, but I think if they beat them by one point, I think Alabama has sewn up a number one seed regardless of what happens from this point forward. If they lose at A&M, if they lose in the first round of the SEC tournament, I think Alabama has sewn up a number one seed. If they beat Auburn, they're going to be the SEC champs. They have uh, led it wire to wire. That will count for something. They got wins over Houston. Uh, they, Yes, yeah, some of their losses, or most of their losses, are, are very good losses out Oklahoma notwithstanding. Uh, by the way, Oklahoma is a quad one loss now, by the way. That should be noted. Is Oklahoma's record isn't good, but it is a quad one loss. So, that's why I think Wednesday is so huge, and that's why I hope Nate Oates is right that we're due for a good game because if we beat Auburn, we're number one seed. We might not be the overall number one seed if we lose A&M and the first round of the SEC tournament, but we will be a number one seed, and therefore uh, I, I think that counts for a lot. Oh, yeah. We've never been a number one seed, and I agree totally. You beat Auburn, you're no, you, you win the SEC, you're a number one seed. I, I totally agree. I think to be the uh, – Alabama's probably going to have to win the SEC tournament too, which is a lot. That's a lot to ask, right? Now, I, I think Alabama is going to play well. Uh, I agree that they're due to play well. I think they did play well for a half against Arkansas. I think the second half of the Arkansas game, regardless of what Coach Oates said to 
fire up his team. Uh, I do think the second half of the Arkansas game, uh, they played really well the mid- last minute and a half notwithstanding. They played really well uh, to come back and beat Arkansas. Uh, South Carolina game was a road win, and Brandon played well. Obviously, that's the best game in Alabama players played all season long. Uh, I think because the SEC championship is on the line, because it's Auburn, because the crowd is going to be uh, just insane, it should be a loud, intense game uh, Wednesday. And if Alabama shoots it well, and I believe they will, they're due for that. That's what, what they're specifically due for is another good shooting night from three. When Alabama's raining down threes, they are really tough to beat. And uh, that that's exactly what I think is going to happen. Uh, I, 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 I anticipate a, a great night. If Alabama plays – Auburn's a good team. They are a good team. But if Alabama plays well for Alabama, they'll win the game and maybe even win the game easily, and we get to watch – uh, we get to watch them cut down nets, which is so fun and, and so deserving. And uh, and again, let, let's let's not. I know everyone's going to look forward to the NCAA tournament, especially being a one seed, which we've never been. But we need to take some time to enjoy uh, winning the SEC. It's a major major accomplishment, especially for Alabama. And now to have won the SEC two out of the last three years, uh, unbelievable. And to win the SEC, maybe finishing 17 and one or six unreal unreal season uh admire the consistency and, and particularly factory and what they've had to play through with a tremendous off-court distraction yeah and and really they should enjoy it more so ever than this year because of the uh tumultuous few weeks we've had so I, I think they deserve after this Auburn game and look I'm not saying just throw the Texas A&M game in the trash that's not what I'm saying don't I'm just saying if if we don't play well at A&M if we blow out Auburn I'm cool with that I'm, I'm I, I want to win them all all this other stuff but um I feel like I, I could do I could give you know, make that trade no problem um it should also be noted this afternoon I'll be calling Walter McCarty out of um uh, the Westminster Christian. Um, he's one of the bigger uh, recruits for 2025 or is it 2024? I can't remember. Anyway, he's a really, really good player um, uh, basketball wise. So he'll be playing here uh, this afternoon and I'll be calling that game. I'm really looking forward to that. I'll have a report on him and a report on everybody else. And until then, Jimmy, roll tight. Roll tight.